Welcome, my real wellness friend. Thank you for being here today. Today's episode is so near and dear to my heart because it's, yes, talking about stress. It's Brain Awareness Month, so we're talking about that. But we're also talking about the relationship of stress to dieting and to diet, specifically foods that we eat. And this is super important because the health media pushes this whole good food, bad food thing and talking about how certain foods increase stress on the body or decrease stress. And that's true. And we're going to talk about that some. But it does seem to get pretty crazy around these things. We're going to sift through it today. I promise by the end, you'll have a better understanding. And most important is help you decide for you what to do about this relationship with food and stress and dieting. So let's do this. You want to transform your life, to take care of your body, to strengthen your mind, and you want to do it in a way that fits your real lifestyle. Real wellness is for you. I'm Sherry Traxler, a transformation mentor, national speaker, and author, and I'm here to help you unlock your capacity to be, do, and have all you want. Join me every week for the proven principles and the strategies that actually work in your real life. It is so exciting that you are here investing in yourself today. Pat yourself on the back. This is where you belong. Welcome to Real Wellness. Starting out with some definitions, simple definitions, of course, is first, what is stress? That is a normal reaction in your body when changes occur. You've got physical, mental, emotional responses that happen to change and also to pressure. And some of those responses, they can be things like increased blood pressure, a decrease in your immune system strength. Stress also places a greater demand on your body for oxygen and energy and nutrients. So that is going to affect how we handle food a little bit, which we're going to talk about. But speaking of food, what is the difference between dieting and diet? So a diet, that is simply the food you normally eat. So you have, you've heard phrases like the Mediterranean diet. That is the, it's not a diet in the sense of dieting. That's just simply how cultures around the Mediterranean region eat. That's what they normally eat. We also have the standard American diet, the SAD diet. And that's what normally in America seems to be eaten by and large. The difference is with dieting, this is my definition of it, it's a conscious altering of what you eat. Sometimes it's for a health issue, like the DASH diet, and I cover that in a YouTube video for lowering your blood pressure, and I'll include that in the show notes. But 99% of the time when people talk about dieting, they're talking about for weight loss. It's normally you're counting something, you're tracking something. If you go over the target or under the target, there's all these emotional hangups and baggage that come along with that. That is where we've got a link to stress that we're going to get to. The impact of stress on the brain we covered in last episode. It's Brain Awareness Month. So in the last episode, we talked about cortisol and how cortisol and stress and the brain all interconnect. As we look at food, as we look at dieting, we're going to look at the relationship to cortisol, to adrenaline, to all of these things, because stress impacts the brain. Dieting impacts stress. Food, your diet, impacts stress. And then the reverse of that is also true, this nice little loop that stress impacts the food that you choose. 
stress impacts your dieting. So first up, food and stress. What foods increase stress, decrease stress, depression, affect your mood, all those things. Let me, give, let me tell you a story when I chose, this was several years ago, I was going through a super, super stressful season of my life. And I was talking with somebody in a fitness center where I was working and, and this client and I were just having this conversation at a party that we were having because she was like, are you, are you not going to have dessert? Not in a judgy way, but just asking the question. And I was like, no, right now, sugar is not my friend because I'm dealing with a lot of stress. I didn't go into details with her, but you know, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm dealing with things. And I know that physiologically sugar impacts your body's ability to handle pathogens, basically. You've stress, uh, sugar lowers your immune system response. Well, does this mean that if I had had one bite of a dessert, it would have been an issue? No, absolutely not. But I also knew, I, for me at that season, I just needed to stay away from desserts, highly sugar, highly processed things overall. There is epidemiological research that's from the National Institute of Health that's observed that having a Mediterranean diet, the high consumption of fruits and vegetables and nuts and beans, things like that, moderate consumption of poultry and eggs, dairy products, occasionally having red meat, this is associated with a reduced risk of depression. And this was through a meta-analysis a meta-analysis that they did. A longitudinal research shows an association between progressively higher dietary glycemic index foods, otherwise known as foods that are, have a lot of sugar or convert to sugar very easily. That's all that means. The progressively higher that goes, the progressively higher there's an incident of depressive symptoms, which means there's things going on in the brain that aren't as healthy. There's also, interestingly, clinical studies have shown a potential causal effect, not just a relationship, chicken or egg, we don't know which comes first, but causal relationship of refined carbohydrates on mood. There is an observational research that has showed, now this is the opposite, is recurrent hypoglycemia. In other words, low blood sugar, that all these recurring times of having low blood sugar is associated with mood disorders. There's an inflammatory effect of a diet that's high in saturated fat. That, that has been looked at in the Western diet as having detrimental effects on brain health, including cognitive decline, hippocampal dysfunction, basically that's the part of the brain that helps with memory, and damage to the blood-brain barrier. What does all of this mean? What does all of this amount to? Does that mean, oh, no, we can't have saturated fat? No, you need to have saturated fat. Oh, we can't have carbohydrate. We can't have refined carbohydrate. No, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is that when you have more and more and more of these things out of balance, that it can begin to affect mood. It can begin to affect your brain. Fascinating with this is the opposite also can happen of how stress affects your choice of food. When I remember teaching some weight management workshops, this was also at Vandy, one of the weight loss uh, weight weight loss workshop participants, we were talking about sleep loss. And they were saying, you know, why is it whenever I've lost sleep, 
I don't crave salads, but I'm craving sweets and bread and pasta and all those comfort foods out of balance. Go ahead and have them, but you know, they're like, I'm craving them out of, out of balance. Here's why. Because sleep loss is stressful to the body. And these foods are comfort foods for a reason because they increase serotonin in your body. So what does that have to do anything with? Okay, cortisol and serotonin are inversely related. So when you get stressed and chronically stressed, especially your cortisol increases, your serotonin decreases. So your body goes, oh, thank you. I need some more serotonin. What can we do? And and your eyes look at lettuce and go, mm, nope, that's not going to increase my serotonin. And it looks at pasta and goes, oh, that's going to increase my serotonin. That's going to make me feel better. So that is what you end up craving. And I have a YouTube, What's there are ways to eat when you're stressed. And I have a YouTube video about the nutrients that your body needs more of when you're stressed. And so I'm not going to repeat all of that here for you. I encourage you, if you're feeling stressed, grab the link. I'll put it in the show notes and watch it tonight. Omega-3 fatty acids is a food that helps to, or it's a nutrient that helps to regulate cortisol. So yes, our bodies might crave the carbohydrate, crave the comforting food, which we do need. Do not hear me saying that you don't need them. But the thing that your body actually needs longer term to help regulate are omega-3 fatty acids. So your salmon, your walnuts, or even taking a fish oil type supplement. Interesting relationship of stress to food and what your body wants is there is a difference between acute stress, which is not cute, by the way, but acute stress. And yes, that was a bad joke. Feel free to let out a groan. I'm okay with that. So acute stress and chronic stress. Acute stress, the hormone adrenaline is released and it suppresses the appetite, which makes sense because if I've got a lion chasing me, I I do not need to be worried about having this wonderful meal and digesting that food. I'm like, no, shut down my appetite, shut down the digestive system, give me the blood and the arms and the legs to run away. But chronic stress where it's over and over and constant and constant and it's recurring increases your levels of cortisol. And that cortisol, as we've mentioned, causes cravings, especially foods that are high in sugar and refined carbs that convert to sugar quickly. Cortisol also lowers your levels of the hormone leptin. That hormone promotes satiety. It also increases the hormone ghrelin that increases appetite. So it's just this interesting cycle that happens when you are in chronic stress. Part of your body is saying, I need more serotonin. So you're craving carbs, but you are also needing to level things out in your body and calm them down so that you can enjoy the things that are going to give you sustained, calm energy long term. This is where, unfortunately, in the health media, we can get into this good food, bad food talk. You know, we can say, oh, omega-3 fats, those are good because they are going to regulate your cortisol. Oh, sugar is bad because it can decrease how your immune system strength is. But it's not about the food itself. Not one bite of, you know, eating one walnut or one bite of salmon, I'm not going to suddenly have my cortisol regulated. 
also, if I have one bite of sugar, like when I was talking about when I was super stressed and I was like, I'm not eating any desserts right now because I don't want to put that load on my immune system. Even if I had had one bite, the one bite would not have been, oh, you know, this is going to you know, really mess up all my immune system and my stress response. It's not the food itself. It is what are we having in proportion over time and the ratio of what we're having. Which leads to point number three, we're ending with a contrarian conversation about dieting and stress. Oh my goodness, this is where it gets so near and dear to my heart, because even though for more than 30 years, we know, we don't theorize, we don't guess, we know through research that dieting causes or increases stress. Even though we know this, the dieting industry continues to grow and more people are trapped in this magical thinking that this next new diet will be my answer, not realizing the damage they are doing to their brains and their bodies. How do I know this is at least 30 years that we have known this? In 1992, that is over 30 years ago now, the National Institute of Health Weight Loss and Control Conference was held. And the psychological experts were clear on this reporting that dieting can cause or make a dieter more vulnerable to the effects of stress. And this one, I lived this so, and many of my clients have lived this, and helping people get free and break out of the dieting mentality is such a passion of mine because of this. So hear this. This is from that, that 1992 conference, and it still holds true today. Independent of body weight, doesn't matter if you're overweight, normal weight, or underweight, independent of body weight, the act of dieting is correlated with feelings of failure, lowered self-esteem, and social anxiety. That is stressful. David Garner, Susan Woolley, those are a couple of psychologists that worked in this area, showed that dieting gradually erodes confidence and self-trust. So is dieting stressful? A resounding yes. The Psychosomatic Medicine Journal, there's some new research, so not 30 years ago research, but new, new research that confirms you are indeed under stress. The stress hormone cortisol is skyrocketing when you're dragging around feelings of the diet-related anxiety and deprivation. One of the studies that was done for this looked at 121 women. They had them in some different groups. One group cut their calories to 1,200 calories for three weeks. That is not considered a starvation diet. So it's not, I mean, yes, there were points, of course, they were going hungry, but it was not what we would consider in this industry a starvation diet. So, they, so one group cut their calories to 1,200. Another group did not cut their calories, but just simply monitored, tracked, recorded what they were eating for the three weeks. The dieters had a higher level of cortisol at the end of the study in comparison to their starting levels. Non-dieters who were not counting their calories, but were tracking, or who were not cutting their calories, but were counting them and tracking everything, they did not show a rise in cortisol. However, they did have an increase in perceived stress. So their mind was occupied, preoccupied with these things, and there was a perceived stress about it. So whether it's perceived stress or the physiological changes that happen with cortisol, both were under stress because of something in the diet mentality. 
There have also been numerous studies published in health in the Health Psychology Journal, reviews of dieting studies that document negative emotional consequences of dieting, such as depression, anxiety, decreased self-esteem, nervousness, and irritability. Yes, sounds like stress to me. So what's the conclusion of all of this? What do you do instead? For stress, here's my suggestion. Have a stress cheat sheet to go to to help you not overindulge in those comfort foods. This is something I still keep with me all the time. It is a checklist of, okay, these are the things that give me comfort whenever I'm feeling stressed. These are the things that calm me down when I'm feeling stressed. These are the things that give me energy when I'm feeling low and depressed or anything like, not clinically depressed, but it's like, okay, I kind of got a blue day or something. These are the things that lift my mood. I have all of this on a, on a cheat sheet. Because in the moment, it is so difficult for me anyway, and I'm sure for other people too, probably for you, it's so difficult in the moment of stress, emotion, whatever, to go, oh, well, what else would help me other than a big bowl of pasta? What else would help me other than this cookie? If we're not physically hungry, that is our body is not calling for food, but we're wanting those things because we want that serotonin boost. Looking at this list, if all I have to remember is pull out this list and pick out something from this list, that then begins to lower my cortisol, lift my serotonin, lift my mood, and help me to deal with the emotions of whatever's going on. In intuitive eating, you focus on eating for physical hunger, which means this emotional hunger that comes up, you are actively, consciously choosing to go elsewhere for that. So, that is step number one to do about what to do about stress. The other is the mindful eating practices themselves will counteract your stress because you're making thoughtful habits about your food choices. You're focusing attention on the meal. One of the things that as I'm working with my clients on looking at how to meditate to lower stress, you have, if you eat three meals a day, you have three opportunities for a mini meditation as you are focusing on that meal. Slow and savor the food. That's one of the tenets I teach of intuitive eating. As you do that, chewing your food slowly and thoroughly, that is meditative. You're going to increase the enjoyment of the meal. And lo and behold, we increase that enjoyment. Serotonin goes up. So yeah, you're going to improve digestion with that, but also you're improving your mental state and helping yourself handle stress. The food itself, what to do about the food. Now, this might appear to be a diet, but it's not out of fear or diet mentality. So just like when I chose not to eat the desserts during that stressful season, it was not about dieting. It was a version of self-care at that moment. What to do about the dieting, which causes the stress? Well, it would be really easy for me to say, oh, we'll just ditch the diets, quit dieting. I mean, you know, what? what's the big deal? Just quit dieting. But if you have been caught in the diet mentality and the diet trap, you know how serious and hard it is to break up with dieting once and for all. But if you are serious about it, if you're serious about breaking up with diets once and for all, please get with an intuitive eating counselor. It took me 10 years of struggle to get out of the diet mentality. I have clients who have broken out of diet jail, lowered their stress because of that, some in as little as a few months. When you heal your relationship with food and you break free of the diet mentality, 
you'll notice this whole new world of life that's opening up because you're able to focus on other things. You don't have this constant low-level anxiety hum of stress that's there. It's, oh, I am able to be free and creative in other areas of my life now because you don't have this judgment and guilt that's beating you down. And it lasts, and you're healthier faster, and the stress level goes down. With all this talk about food, okay, this is really fun as a kind of a forced segue, but that's okay because it's summertime and food is a thing right now. So with all this talk about food, next week's topic is going to be a lot of fun because we're going to talk about my favorite summer foods. Talk to you then. Thank you for joining me and investing in yourself today. Who else do you know who needs to hear this? Share this episode with a friend. And until next time, Find your path to real wellness and fulfill your potential.